Mutiny Radio FM index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FM Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, I got it. Welcome to Some Call Me Tim. (laughs) This is the podcast where we talk to a different person every week about their feelings about the divine or about what's not divine or about what they believe or don't believe. The old gods and the new. Star Trek versus Star Wars. What is important to you? We have a special guest today. Shelly Strabel is going to be in the house, in the hizzy, super excited. Menlo Park's own Shelly Strabel also has a great podcast called The Decompression Hour, which you should look up on iTunes and at her website. Uh, we're also going to have a bunch of music by Pervert Fervor, beepity boopity moogity moog. Great stuff here. If you want to give us a call, 415-550-0511, come down. 278 121st Street. We're going to be talking about God. Or not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what Ms. Strabel brings to the table. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Uh, she's been having a lot of great successes at the uh, Jose San Jose Improv and at a bunch of other shows around here in the city. A well loved, talented, funny lady. She's going to be in here just after she finishes smoking that delicious parliament. Oh, and the music gets trippy. Hey, if you guys come by here at the studio, we have a new art show up by Dope Dope Dope, and it is called Bad News. It's all about media representation and what that means to us. Are you run by the media? Is that what you believe in? We're going to find out what Shelley Strabel believes in. I believe in Stephen King myself. He's my new god, old gods and the new. Uh, he's tapping into something rad. I'm I'm on insomnia right now. I finished it last week. I'm spending a lot of time in Derry, Maine, in the fictional town of Derry, where everything is scary. Uh, but insomnia is, I got to say, this might be one of my top, this might, when I do my list of all the Stephen King novels, this might be in my top ten It is awesome. Uh, It's about abortion and old people and pro-lifers and lack of sleep and the other planes and seeing auras and oh, it's just so great. The little bald doctors with their sharp scissors. Definitely into following Ralph and Lois around Derry. And it's great because he brought in old characters like Mike Hanlon from It, the, the librarian he's also in insomnia and they they keep he keeps making references and it's just so funny because uh insomnia was about 10 years after it and i just read them consecutively here and having a good time uh next thing i'm going to be starting when i'm done with this i probably finish this book tonight i'm going to be getting into the dark tower series which i've heard is going to just 
completely blow my mind. I'm really excited to try to finish all these books before December. I only have a few left. I have the Dark Tower series, which is like eight books, but hopefully I can blow through them pretty quickly. And then I have the Talisman, and that's it. I think I'm done after that. Uh, all I've read is entire canon of work, and I'm gonna rank them in order of what I think from uh, my favorites to my least favorites. Tommy Knockers is at the bottom, <laughs> definitely. Uh, but also Stephen King doesn't like Tommy Knockers because uh, he was doing a lot of coke back then. And that was sort of the fruition of his coke time. But I think reading it, and that's the fruition of his coke time. Spoiler alert, to get out of the tunnels, they all have to have sex with an 11-year-old girl. And it's her idea. <laughs> and, it, and they're all like, of course, if we have sex with her, we can find our way out. <laughs> I'm like, how much, how much cocaine do I have to do to understand that plot twist? Stevie, Stevie, Stevie. Uh, also around that time, in the mid-80s, he also directed the movie Maximum Overdrive. And uh, I believe there was uh, that was part of his big cocaine usage time. So there, I'm trying to become the world's foremost scholar on Stephen King. Why? Because I love this writer. He's so Faulkner-esque, the way that he uh, creates these towns and then, and then keeps them going Hemingford home. If you're a Stephen King lover, shout out to you guys, uh, constant readers out there. So that's who I believe in right now, honestly, is Stephen King more than anything else. And I think, God, if I could interview him, I found out last week that Stephen King actually owns two radio stations in Maine. And I want to, like, contact him and be all, Stephen, come on my radio show. Call in. Come out to San Francisco. Uh, but if he called in, oh my God, if I could talk to him in real life, it would almost be like meeting Martha Stewart. If I could have a press conference with Stephen King and Martha Stewart, man, talk about influential in my life. Forget about gods. Forget about Star Wars. Stephen King and Martha Stewart. That's all I need. All right, we're going to get started here on some Call Me Tim right after this trippy music. they're still out there smoking having a good time it's all good i'll just tell you guys about the show this friday uh it's pee in your pants funny here at mutiny radio from 8 to 10 p.m i'm gonna have eight comedians up on stage all in diapers every single one of them is gonna have three beers and a shot or four beers before the show the goal of the show is to pee your pants after your set so every comedian will be matched up with an audience member and if they pee their pants before their set, the audience member wins a prize. And if they pee after their set, they win a prize. But we're all gonna pee our pants. I'm also gonna be pulling the, um, the, the uh, order by lottery. So no one knows when they're going up. And people can roast each other. So if they've gotta pee, you could actually make them pee their pants. It's gonna be funny. So come on down. It's only $5 here at Mutiny Radio every Friday on Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. 
I tested out the diapers last night at Brainwash, and they work. Man, it's weird peeing in your pants, though, like on purpose. It is it is not. I've never done it like that sober before. <laughs> I mean, I've peed my pants, like, you know, in a drunken stupor. Uh, and usually when that happens, uh, I'll come home from a late night of drinking I sh- when I've consumed too much, and I will um, fall asleep in front of the sofa with my jeans on, on the carpet. Now, why? Why would I do that? You know, my nice boyfriend has tried to take my clothes off and put me in bed. And I say, nay. The jeans are like a sponge. Soak up all that pee. When I wake up and my legs are cold. uh, It hasn't happened in a while. It's been over a year since I've done that. So, yay me. You guys are listening to Some Call Me Tim. Here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Why is it called Some Call Me Tim? If anybody's ever watched a little movie called Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they are in search for the Holy Grail. They are following the directions of God to go find this mythical relic. And they come to a point where they have to cross a bridge and the enchanter, Tim the Enchanter, comes out and he says, there are some who call me Tim. So that's why this show is called Some Call Me Tim. Because we're going to talk about uh, the divine and whatever else comes up with belief and uh, just past. I wonder how Shelly Strabel is raised. She'll come in in just a sec. I'll keep burning time for you guys. If I was if I was a good if I was a good host, I would have looked up some of Shelly Strabel's comedy, and I would be playing that for you right now so that you guys could enjoy and understand what she's all about. She uh, did this really great thing. She hosted uh, for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It was uh, I Hate My Family Too, and she made this amazing sign and had a like a laser pointer kind of programming, and, and it was really amazing. So... Uh, funny, funny lady and she's going to come in here and we're going to be a little bit more serious or not, we'll see what happens, we'll see alrighty Uh, that trippy music that you're hearing in the background is sound and noise Uh, it's a weird CD that was given to me by Jessica a long long time ago all right, let me get these kids in here. Come on, kids. It's time to, it's time to cast. It's time to, it's time to podcast. Try to get them in here. I'm going to listen to some trippy music for just a second, and I'm going to get the kids to stop smoking pot. Okay. Something you should know about Timothy Pizza today, he's wearing a he's wearing a baseball hat with a piece of pizza on it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Alright. Trying to, to bring him in here to, to mute your radio. Other 
things I can let you guys know about at the station. Things going on uh, on October 9th this Sunday. Going to be projecting the uh, debates again here at Mutiny Radio. I won't be here because it's my birthday. But uh, your good friend, The Stranger, is going to be in here doing that for you this Sunday. So come on down. Listen to the last ones. It was just a lot of yelling. (laughs) It was a lot of me yelling because I just couldn't handle what Trump was saying. It just made me want to crawl into a shell and and, uh, shoot myself out into space or, you know, to South Korea or something like that. All right, I hear them laughing outside. I'm like, come inside. Come on, you guys. We got to get this podcast a rocking and a rolling. It's the most boring beginning for me. I was like, oh, God, we got to listen to Pam more. This is about talking to other people. Like Shelly Strabel. Uh, more things going on here at Mutiny Radio. Next Friday, the 14th, I'm going to be doing 42 minutes it's my 42nd birthday so i'm gonna do a headlining set here they come here they come into the show but it's sitting down we were just introducing the amazing shelly strabel uh saying that she does really great sets down there at the san jose improv no idea uh what kind of religious background she has if any and uh, we're bringing her in right now. Everybody, put your hands together for the amazing Shelly Strabel. Yay! 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 Hey! Hi. So uh, you're on Some Call Me Tim, where we talk about... Question mark. Yeah, Question Some Call mark. Me Tim. Uh, and really, it's just, it's all about uh, what, what your beliefs are. So the first thing I usually ask, uh, are you religious? No. Do you believe in Jesus? He existed. Okay. All right. That's interesting. You think he existed. A lot of people think he didn't exist. I think he existed. You think he was a real dude. I think he existed in the same way that Shakespearean texts exist. And that is to say, like, we have documents of these amazing people that came through society at some point and contributed. Uh, And you know what? I I would probably um, put... um, uh, was it uh, one uh, of the musicians? Anyway, I'll come back to it. But Bob no, Dylan? I, I think that these, or Lookout 3? Uh, like uh, Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bob Dylan. Okay. But no, but I mean, where these people come through history make a really great social contribution, but somewhere in the back of our minds, we know that it wasn't just them, that there was a community, that there was a maybe a movement or a culture behind it that elucidated and made bigger the contributions that... Right, so you're saying that Shakespeare didn't write that entire compendium of plays. I'm going to say that in the canon of American literature, it would be, I mean, without the kind of like high-grade pharmaceutical drugs that we have today, (laughs) that amount of proliferation is goddamn near impossible. And he didn't live as long as, say, like, so Stephen King here in front of us, and I was talking about him at the beginning, I believe in him, but he's 69 now, and he's written like 58 novels, which is... Amazing, and it's just—it's like when you think of Shakespeare. But Shakespeare supposedly died when he was like 32 or something. Right. Like he was hella young. So how could he have written that many plays? That's that right. many sonnets. And, and again, it's not to take away from from the canon or from the impact of things like uh, whatever you know the teachings of Jesus. Which, look, I mean, they have been say, taken so far out of context. Right. I mean, and if you want to like, I'm not I'm not really religious, but what I am is philosophical. Okay. Okay. And so when I look at things like Jesus and and Christianity, I can't help but think about it apart from 
uh, historians like Nietzsche, who wrote things, you know, the famous thing, God is dead, but he also wrote something called the will to power. Now, at, at the time, he got in trouble for writing this because it seemed um, sort of like anti-Germany, you know, and this, this is a big problem. You know, you can't be, you can't be anti-nationalistic, um, but what he did was he, he took a look at Christianity and said, you guys, like, really, the meek will inherit the earth? Ha have you noticed that actually people win wars and, and colonize? And, and so, no, it's not the meek. It's the people that have power. So, so he turned the power paradigm, I think, that the New Testament focused on, on its head, uh -huh. and showed people that Christianity is is um, telling you to be weak. It's telling you to stand down. It's telling you to turn the other cheek. Right. Right. So, you know, when you look at when I look at religious things, I don't take them I don't take them apart from philosophical things. Right. Well, and you're you're looking at it as an an allegorical historical reference as opposed to like the word of god truth well, it's uh it's um I, i'm just noticing a weird uh similarity and difference between philosophy and religion whereas like uh philosophy teaches you how to think like it, it might be the book you were talking about will the power uh he present a bunch of really bizarre scenarios like one of which i remember was um would this be a good society to live in was like the test question they asked me when I was a philosophy major. Uh, and then the story I had to read, which I think was Nietzsche, uh, uh, there's a town, everything runs perfectly. They all have the right amount of money, the right amount of food, good houses, places to live. But uh, there's one like sick kid in a basement somewhere, uh, somewhere in the town. And like once a month, everybody in the town has to go there and look at him. Uh, <laughs> Like, is this a functional society? Like, this was, like, he wrote some pretty strange stuff. Um, Definitely. Uh, so that teaches you how to think. Like, philosophy isn't about an answer. Like, it's not about, like, okay, this is the answer to that. That's, like, why there's different schools of thought in philosophy, which is the complete opposite of religion. But the, it's yeah. sort of the same thing. Because religion doesn't want you to think. Yeah, religion, religion doesn't. No, it religion wants you to think their way. It teaches you to believe. Yeah. It doesn't teach you to think. And moreover, I think philosophy teaches you, if you read enough of it, you know, if you go outside and you read some weird stuff, the linguists like Wittgenstein, or, and yeah. all the, it encourages you to change your mind about things. It encourages you to shift your paradigm where obviously organized religion doesn't. Yeah. Right. And I think that, you know, Pam and I spent a good amount of time talking about the, the power that there is in changing your mind, which I think is the hardest fucking thing to do in the world to change your own mind about something, to shift your paradigm. But reading philosophy, to me, encourages that in a way that religion never will. It never, just like you were saying, it teaches you, do it this way, these are the rules. And I think for some people, living that life is way fucking easier. Leaving, uh, you know, uh -huh. leading, and oh, this yeah, goes back I mean, to Aristotle, like leading the unexamined life is so much easier, right? Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a fucking write-off, because it's like, if you can buy into religion wholeheartedly, you're set mentally. I mean, it might not be the right way, but you'll be weird, happy in your strange little fiefdom and you're with your with your people. And right, your... and same thing if you get a lobotomy and work at Starbucks. Yeah. I think you'll be really, really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if the most difficult thing you need to remember is, uh, you know, mocha soy latte or something. Right. Yeah. Tim, were you also a philosophy major? Yeah. Did I don't think I knew that about you. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, no, I was. Yeah, I was a philosophy major with a business minor. And then uh, I dropped out. So how do you think your philosophy major shaped who you are today? Or did it? Uh, you know, actually, I had a really great teacher at uh, Chico State. 
Um, and I went through a real rough period there, and he knew what was going. He was one of the few people I told what was going on. So he uh, kind of worked with me on a lot of stuff, and uh, you know, just kind of sat down with me and helped me with papers, and kind of taught me that like. You know, I was always looking for the right answer with these, you know, weird scenarios that he would run. That was your have... business minor right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, yeah, but man, it just, uh, it taught you, it just, the, what I got from philosophy, I don't know if this is right, but I, did, I thought it was just a method to teach people how to think, like how to be post-structural, like, because like, if you look at the Bible, that's one guy's account, you know, but there could have been a guy sent to a left of him that saw a whole different thing. You know, like, right, and there were more books in the Bible in the New Testament than just the ones that were put in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. There were a lot. Not only were there twelve disciples, and not all disciples are represented with their books, but there were all kinds of other people that were connected to well, Jesus. The weird thing is, there's one Plato thing too. I think they think he actually wrote some of the Bible under Plato. Yeah, remember we were looking at like last they, week? as in they reappropriated texts, wow. or, or selections, and then included them later in the Bible. Yeah, right? I'm not sure what's going on, but they're thinking some of the Bibles were actually Plato. That's what I'm saying. And that was exa- that's where we started at the beginning of the hour, which is to say that these things are um, aggregate. They're cultural aggregates. And, and the most... I'm sorry, what is aggregate? Uh, all Compilation. Together, all together. Yeah, all of it all together over time. Like little pieces put together. Aggregation. Is that like a, a sub part of like a grandize? No. Aggrandize is to like make bigger than it might be or bigger than it is. Oh, okay. Right. Um, but no, aggregate is to put things together. So it's like... I would say um, the collecting. My liquor collection, in <laughs> aggregate, includes whiskey, uh, you know, PBR and white wine or something, right, you know, right, something right. like that. But yeah, and Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good liquor cabinet. Oof, yeah. Yeah. no Mad Dog. Um, but so uh, you're saying that religions over time, or the knowledge becomes aggregate, and we all believe in it because it's it's this common like universal knowledge that's grown over time that we've just been kind of like forced to accept like that the t-rex has big beefy legs and little (laughs) tiny arms the t-rex probably had feathers the t-rex probably looked a lot like the the stellar blue jays that we have today now i I we just really interesting we discussed this and i have a new theory because i've looked at the bones now Uh, i think that the hubris of man is what put the t-rex bones together wrong in that they, uh, the way that they have this weird hip bone on the back, if you flip it upside down and make it a breastbone, it actually has this area that looks like a wishbone, like on birds. Like a chicken. Yeah, but if you flip it around and then it's big beefy legs, instead of being on the ground, become big beefy wings up above it you and behind it. With a PowerPoint I know, yeah, I need know to what? do it there with a PowerPoint amazing. presentation. If you did a PowerPoint on this, I will find the title of the story, but there's a Kurt Vonnegut story that's exactly about what you said, the hubris of man. That, and so the story is about um, an archaeologist, a proper archaeologist who is trying to put these bones together, who meets with like a circus guy. A little <laughs> snuff box? Is that what it's? Do you know that? You know that story? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so basically the story is about the fight between um, the, the proper science guy and the circus guy. And of course the circus guy wins and he, you know, he constructs this monstrosity of what could never be. And it's not even real or remotely close to what the, di- you know, what the archaeologist said. But nonetheless, it draws the crowd and that's the story. Right. That's rad. To put so, the bones back together wrong. Yeah. It's a hubris of man. It's because we think that for the biggest, coolest creature, obviously it walked on two legs. 
Oh, like God. that's what I think. Because why would it? If you look at the bones, and when you, I'll show you pictures. I'm gonna pull this together at some point. But it's it's uh, rib bones. There's this big space in the middle, and it's like if that's it was walking on its two legs, and it's had this big space not protecting it, and all of these animals were smaller than it that it was eating with big spiky things, it would rip right through its stomach all the time. But if the breastbone was underneath, then it have protection from underneath when it was flying down to eat their heads off. That was a good sound effect. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm obsessed with T-Rex right now. Have you seen the new uh, the new ad? I think it's for the self-driving Lexus. Oh, my God. It's an ad out of Stop Australia, it. and it features the T-Rex. And here's the deal is that T-Rex talks about... It's kind of funny because the T-Rex... He talks? Those is, he talk, it's what a, does his voice sound it's like? A, it's a voiceover. It sounds like an Australian man. Oh, okay. And uh, the T-Rex is, is very sad because he sounds like... Uh, a disabled person in society I'm talking not sure about like Mike Tyson. No, like <laughs> Mike Tyson's disabled in a different way. Actually, he's all right. He's got his pigeons. His that guy's all right. great now. I'm thinking like you know. Pigeon pull. When I was Mike Tyson, I was when I was beating Robin Givens. Now he's like, hello, I'm Mike Tyson. Beating, I, people's, uh, yeah. eating people's ears off and stuff like. Um, <laughs> That's good, Mike Tyson. But thanks. That's a, I do a good big black man. Yeah. 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 Nice. Ask them. I do. No. They, um, <laughs> where were we? Uh, <laughs> you were. You were just the. New Zealand, Australia, T-Rex. There's an voice. ad for Lexus that you would totally love, and it's just it's just the T-Rex feeling like because of his small arms, things he can't do. He can't open doors for himself. <laughs> he can't, you know, and it goes through a list of things he can't do. And then they put him in this self-driving car, and all of a sudden his independence is restored. And it's kind of, a, I mean, it's very cute. It's very cute. It it Does was. Does he a, stick his head out the sunroof? I think he sticks it out the side of the front window. Do you believe? Do you do believe in self-driving cars? Do you think this is a good idea? No, I don't think it is. I'm asking Shelley. I'm not sure. Uh, I am not sure. Can you have a self-driving car and not get a DUI? Oh my god! Oh my god! What if you had a self-driving car and you were drunk in it? Does it negate DUI? That's actually a good question. I would have a bar in it. That's I would have perfect. a bar in it. Right, because you could, like, yeah. in the in the glove compartment box, it could actually be a bar of those tiny little whiskey well, bottles the that you love. You in the in the glove compartment, and you just get a cooler and put uh, it under, by the seat. Right. Or in the middle, when you pull up the thing in the middle, and usually you just put your garage door opener in there or whatever, yeah. in the middle, that's where a very small bar is. You know, you only need, like, one of each a whiskey and maybe a tiny ginger ale. Like, honestly, the thing I would hope for with the self-driving cars is to just get people, like, I look around, and I'm, I'm guilty of this occasionally, but not often, but when I'm, when I'm stuck in freeway, and I look at all these individual people in their cars, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, do we really all need our own shit? Yes. Can we just share a space? Other people are hell. But th- that's it. Thanks. Okay, well, Thanks, okay, there it is. <laughs> yeah. So we'd, we would all need our own self-driving cars. Hell yeah. is other people. It's people. But, yeah, people are pretty much, I mean, look, we, we've, we've done a good job of ruining a lot of things uh-huh yeah yeah self-driving cars though do you actually not touch this is there no steering wheel i've never been in one you i haven't i do don't know if i could trust it wasted. we should go to a happy hour at stanford shopping center where there's a tesla they, they sell cars in the mall <laughs> they do they sell cars hundred fifty thousand dollar cars they sell them in the mall we should go do a happy hour and get in one of those fucking self-driving it, it cars an interesting on topic thought what if technology has got what if technology is God? Yeah. But technology, well, I mean, it could be because technology comes from our own human brains yeah, and what we've worked on. Yeah, we're losing There is more technology above and beyond the human brains when you look at and understand the filaments 
of the of the universes, the filaments that construct our physical universe and how many universes are. It's like I'm kind of with Tim on this. Yeah, I mean the microchip in a BlackBerry, uh, you know, from ten years ago. Uh, what that was doing would have been the size of this radio station at you know IBM. Right. Yeah, and a giant thing. It's like it's amazing how. And then have you seen this new? Um, Japanese robot baby that they're giving to couples that can't conceive. What? Yeah, it's so adorable and scary. So that they can feel like they have a baby? I don't know, but I want to get one and just like come home drunk and beat it with its own power supply. (laughs) So, but there's some issues in Japan though that aren't like, uh, you know, Japan right now is suffering from the fact that Pam likes that. Pam really likes that. It's a funny joke. It's a good joke. It's a keeper. It's not even a joke. It's like what we all wish. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. Why would they give? No, but Japan has a problem because they're not, the people there, um, they're having problems conceiving. They're more than serious mental social problems. It's more the serious and mental social problems that um, most of them don't want to have kids. Like the government is actually giving money away to Japanese people who who want to have babies, who will have babies, because their population is in such a steep decline right now. Wow. Yeah, I mean the photo in the article I read, um, I think it was on Not the Onion. Oh, that wasn't the publication that printed it, but that was where I found the article. Uh, it's just an adorable couple, you know, this cute young girl just cradling this little baby like she loved it. Um, and it's, it's got a, these big old, you know, Pokemon eyes and. It's a doll, and it cries and poops and stuff. I don't know what it does. Why don't we look it up? Yeah, let's look it up. Are you guys familiar with Image Makers on KQED, the short film series that features films from all over the world? Have you ever um, heard of Image Makers? I don't... Nobody watches KQED anymore. No, I, I don't have a TV, so I don't know. Oh, well. It's on cable, If you right? had one, you would still get KQED, thank God. Okay. But they, they put together this thing, Image Makers, and one of the short films that I saw was actually for a nanny. It was for like a... I think it, I think it was simply called iMom. I think that was the name of it. <laughs> and it was very endearing. It's a very short film, probably five to seven minutes. And you see something shorting with the electronic iMom, right? <laughs> it's this very successful couple. They're not around. Uh, and the iMom is raising the baby. And there is confusion at the end of this short film when she's supposed to be cooking dinner and also helping the baby at the same time. And the very last frame is her, is the iMom pulling the baby out of the oven. Ha ha. And it's amazing <laughs> and fantastic. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't checked it out, Image Makers on KQD, That's I highly really recommend it. It's really fantastic. Wow, wow, baby. I mean, in the imagery, I, it is I all very baby like, back, baby it's back, all very back. clean and austere, you know? It's Have like, you seen um, Black Mirror? No, no, no. Tell me about that. Black Mirror is uh, a uh, UK-based uh, television show that came about three years ago. I think there's two or three seasons, and it is utterly fantastic. Each one is a 45-minute short. Um, it's kind of got like a Twilight Zone vibe, but it's all technology-based. Huh. Like there's one episode where they, you know, implant something in your eyes and you can record everything, and people are going through their recordings to like see what they did, or guys like checking up on his wife to see what she did because he can act. He hacks into her, you know, thing. Um, there's a the the Christmas one had John Hamm in it, and that was fantastic. Like, it's like this guy in a cabin, and uh, John Hamm standing in the cabin with him. And you think they're just like worker guys in this weird, like, snow outfit kind of like thing. And um, can I spoil it? I, spoil it. I mean, I won't remember. Oh, yeah, so it's like you I, don't, I don't have an eye thing, so I don't remember and he, anything. He like, builds a connection with this guy, and it feels like they're there together for, for years, you know, years upon years upon years. Um, and then he gets the guy to tell the story of why he ran away to this snow place. 
and um, he, you know, basically like murdered somebody on accident. And then John's, and then all of a sudden, John Hamm's just like, "All right, we're done." And then, um, you know, just fizzles off into whiteness, and he was just a police interrogator. <gasps> and uh, oh, he was only in there for like no. eight minutes, but to the guy, he thought he was in there for like thirty years. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really good. That's the Christmas special. It's so dark. Um, I love that that's Christmas special, too. Yeah. Like... And then there's, like, one where there's, like, all these people on treadmills. Black just, like, uh, playing video games while on treadmills. Like, wow. Just trying to, uh, it's, it's just the shot so oh, You mean, like, 24-hour fitness? Like... Well, no. It's, like, their job. They get up, they go on the treadmill, and then they, like, play weird games, and then go back to their weird little cell, and every wall is made out of television, and, like, they have to pay. Yeah, but what's different about that in our modern life is what I'm asking. I don't know. It's a, well, it's a reflection of where our modern life is going. Ugh. So it's like they have to pay to make porn ads go away. Huh. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they have to pay to make the porn ads go away. Or That's they have funny. to sit there and watch 20 minutes of, like, hardcore porn. But, like, the guy falls in love with this girl. And then the porn ad starts showing her and them, and he can't fucking take it. Um, and I think she's doing it to try and make more money to get out. It's like this weird, twisted love story. Oh, God, it's so good. The UK really know what they're doing. They just do it right. They do, like, 45-minute episodes, six of them. That's a season. Boom. But this shit is fucked up, man. It is so good. Rad. Black but I like I like your question, Tim, of is technology God? I because think... If you look up the the standard definition, I don't have a dictionary in front of me, which I did, but if you look up technology, it's it's a very simple definition. Pam, you gonna hook us up with that? But it's like a, uh, it's (laughs) it's basically technology is any systematic way of dispensing or using knowledge or information. But all all technology is is a system, and so if you say is technology. God, then I would say, yeah, I think that w- like people's Ooh, idea, <laughs> that's, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's all a systematic, I mean, not only, first of all, everything that we understand is only insofar as our brains, right? We know that mathematically there are probably 12 dimensions, but our sen- we only see three. I mean, it's like you don't even realize how connected you are. I'm watching you talk and myself talk, and I can see my vocal things on the lights in front of me matching <laughs> perfectly in time. It's like I didn't even realize I was connected to this weird she- machine right in front of my face. Yeah, like you are. Th- there's a couple of machines you're connected to. Yeah, I know. So it's, 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 it's technology funky. is the science of craft from Greek. Technology, oh, what science a great of craft. Route. Yeah, science of craft from Greek, techne, art, skill, cunning of hand, and logia. Uh, it's the collection of techniques, skills, methods, and processes used in the production of goods or services or in the accomplishment of objectives such as scientific investigation. Technology can be the knowledge of techniques, processes, etc. Or it can be embedded into machines, computers, devices, and factories, which can be operated by individuals without detailed knowledge of the working Okay, of let such me stop things. you right there. When you said that technology is working knowledge, and if, if Tim's going to say that or ask the question, is technology God? Yeah. I'm going to say that technology equals working knowledge equals God, because there's nothing that makes a human being more powerful or feel more grounded in their place in this fucked up world that we've created mm-hmm. than, than knowing about it. I mean, we can, I mean, the best we can do is know about See, it. See, no, I, I think, I think it's saying it's disagrees, which that I think that technology is God because which can be operated by individuals without detailed knowledge of the working of things. Yeah, but now that's, God, that's they people say, well, like pushing buttons in the cog. W- right, but that's but that's what makes me think about God. Like when you 
do religion and you're into religion, you don't care about the workings of things. Well, what is God? What is you're it part what of is, it. What is God, the definition okay, wait, of God? What is, what is the definition of God? Okay, okay no, that's yeah. really cool because because there's that, that means there's two completely divergent like uses of technology, just like Pam was saying. There's people that will push a button in Christianity and say this is the way to do it, but the root of the word is from what? Knowledge the, of craft. The craft of things. And, and logos, since, which is word, right? And, and and Jesus says, Jesus says, uh, I am everything, I am everywhere, I am everything that is. I mean, that's that's the internet. It's connecting the whole entire wow. world. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I mean, people in the Middle East aren't getting away with things. I like uh, like some of the hot topics right now. That if we didn't have the internet, things wouldn't be getting taken care of. I know we're taking baby steps towards us, but they're, at the very least, they're making us aware of things like the the whole. Uh, female mutilation thing oh right uh, yeah uh-huh. i think the internet probably had a big part in getting awareness of that around the world right they're taking steps to stop that problem is, is it doesn't make people care where it be, well it becomes a voyeuristic thing like we're still new at it though yeah we're, well there's still so many things that... i think they need to teach uh, internet etiquette in schools Ooh, ooh, that's Dude, not a bad idea write that you should write that curriculum. internet etiquette no, seriously, um, because it would stop a lot of the. It's such a brave new world with all of that technology stuff with the kids, and the most disgusting thing happened the other day with the kids in the musically. And I told you about this. It's this new happened? thing on your. It's this new thing on the iPhone where, it's it takes forty seconds of a song or twenty seconds of a song and it slows it down, and then you film yourself lip syncing to it, and then it speeds it up, and you can make your own little film, a twenty second film of you lip syncing to these songs. And the 10-year-olds were like, do the sexy walk. And they were doing all this. And they had all these followers. And it was like this weird me, me, me. Everyone's looking at me. And they said, well, don't you want one of these? If you got, if you, if Nanny Pammy, if, if you were a real person and you didn't Nanny have a flip Pammy. phone. If you were a real, <laughs> person. If you were a real person and you didn't have a flip phone, <laughs> would you get Musical.ly? Would you, would you put these things out? And I was like, no one wants to look at a 42-year-old woman lip syncing to Beyonce. I do. Unless I show like my nipples there or something. There was a Sia concert in town. I put, apparently it sold out. People are really into it. I don't even know what that yeah. is. That's good. That's better. You're better off. Yeah, not. you're better off not knowing the, the craft of that knowledge. Here's God. In monotheism, God is conceived as the supreme being and principal object of faith. The concept of God is described by most theologians includes the attributes of omniscience, infinite knowledge, omnipotence, unlimited power, omnipresence, present everywhere, divine simplicity, and having an eternal and necessary existence. Yeah, man, fuck that. Can, who, who wants that job? That's like can, worse than the president of the United okay, States' fair. job. Give me the, okay, give me the first one on the list. The first God on the list? No, no, no. The first, the first thing you just read. Just the first chunk. Of the... God is conceived as the supreme being and principal object of faith. Okay, so that's the internet as a whole. Okay. The next one. Uh, the concept of God, as described by most theologians, includes the attributes of omniscience, infinite knowledge, Mm-hmm. Internet, infinite yeah. knowledge, omnipotence, unlimited power. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, you can so buy anything. Well, no, not only that, but like I, you know, I, there are people out there that have thousands and millions of followers that are just regular people. Right. So you can. There's cats a, out there that have thousands, of, hundreds I saw a of thousands. Grumpy cat painted on the side of a semi truck this morning. Wow. Yeah, yeah, grumpy cat. I've seen that same one. Grumpy cat on the side grumpy of the. Grumpy cat's thing. awesome. Yeah. He looks a lot like Spike. Yeah. All right, what's the next one? Uh, the next one is omnip- omnipresence, present everywhere. Yeah, we have it on our phones. I, I, if I can't sleep at three o'clock in the morning, I got friends in India I can chat with. Wow. Yeah. Divine simplicity. Yeah. How easy is it to navigate Facebook? Okay. Okay. And having an external and necessary existence. 
working on that. Well, we got your baby robot. Well, and the external and necessary existence would be what Pam was saying. Was Do it, you really want to see external, like, like you can touch it? Like, but you well, can, you can touch to the internet. People, like it had to do with uh, your content reaching other people. You, oh no, I'm sorry, not external. You. I read it wrong. Eternal. Oh, eternal. Eternal and necessary existence. People are paying thousands of dollars to get rid of their digital footprints. And aren't people trying to upload themselves or their consciousness into computers yeah, now? Rick Haven't Kurzweil. we been tried He's to do that? that whole thing. Um, there's a documentary about that called uh, Transcendence, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. This guy's just got the biggest fear of dying I've ever seen in a human being. <laughs> and um, he's working on it, man. He's the guy in charge of AI at uh, Google now. Um, he started out making synthesizers, like a Curse Wheel 2500. It was one of the greatest synthesizers ever made, one of the most complex machines there is. Um, if anybody can do it, it's this guy. To upload your consciousness into a machine. Yeah. That's called Transcendence. You can watch it on Netflix. That's crazy. Or, so you, we've just proved that the internet is God. Yeah. Or that technology is... Technology is yeah, God. Yeah, technology is God. I hate to admit that. I mean, I, I really wanted the broader definition. No, we can even go further. technology, but I think I'm afraid that Tim's right. The <laughs> way that we view and treat the internet. Now, the only thing I would disagree with is that it's omnipotent because the... the Man, I you guys did you guys grow up in a house that had like Encyclopedia Britannica? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, right? Okay, so... so Oftentimes I would go to the encyclopedia and, and looking for one thing, but I'd get stuck for like 20 minutes on like five things before or after whatever I was looking up. The internet, as much as we want to believe everything's there, it isn't. It's only what human beings have taken the time, or maybe, to, uh, you. okay, people outside of the studio can't see the look on Tim's face right now, <laughs> but you're, the look on your face suggests to me that I am wrong about that, that everything no, is was, on the internet. I was thinking, uh I was thinking maybe it's not technology that's got maybe it's just information. I like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, it depends know, which definition of technology, right? Well, no, because like if you got to think of it, God, it's got to be multifaceted. So I think technology would be better because you can interact with technology. You can't necessarily interact with inter uh, information. You can use it to, but you can actually well, interact with the internet. Information collectively and then used becomes technology. Yeah. Uh, so we can keep going with this. God is most often held to be incorporeal, meaning immaterial. Yeah. The internet is... Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it is, but, like, most people make pictures of God. Right. It's, a lot it's, of people like him to be a big white guy on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Right. He's whatever you want him to be, just like the internet. You go to... I go to Reddit. She goes to Facebook. You go to Huff, HuffPo. Right. Yeah. And here we, we can keep going. And to be without any human biological sex. No. The internet is not... is neither... Yeah. has no gender. Uh, yet the concept of God actively creating the universe as opposed to passively has caused many religions to describe God using the masculine terminology, such as him or father. What do we call, what do we call the internet? It's a series of tubes. No, it's, uh, there is no gender. I wish it the were interwebs. tubes. Ooh. Like in the, remember it's in the Jetsons Gale. cartoons where yeah, they, they, they used to send those messages through the tubes? And yeah, yeah. The, and those the, were the good old days. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. There's a great uh, episode of Futurama about God um, where uh, Bender's taking a nap in the, uh, where they launch the missiles out of the spaceship. And they get into, like, pirates come and they have to launch a missile. They don't know Bender's in there, so they just launch him into space. And he's traveling too fast for them to catch him, so he's just floating in space. And um, 
this weird colony just like starts developing on his stomach and um, he becomes god of these people that are living on his stomach uh-huh. it's fucking hilarious like he gets them to brew beer for him and he's like trying to help him but he wants killing half of them and then like <laughs> they start a war and then blah 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 and eventually god sees what's going on or something that kind of resembles god this weird blinky thing in the sky and um, they had a really cool line like his the only thing that I took for it he's like he's like you can't uh He's like, the best way to be God is to look like you're not doing anything at all. <laughs> He's like, you got to do, you got to do the right amount of this and not amount of that. And then people will just think that you're not doing anything at all. And you're not even there. Like, like that was their thing, which I thought was very poetic and pretty. Um, but uh, the God in the show spoken binary. And that's how we found Bender. Zero one one zero zero one one. See now, I it's hard for me to, and it actually makes sense because I I don't believe in God either, and I also don't really believe in technology. I actually, I mean, I believe in it. I know that it exists, but I just I disdain it. I don't like it around. I I don't want to be a real person with an iPhone. I, people keep telling me if I don't oh, get an iPhone that I'm going to be left behind. They're like, like, and it's almost like the Left Behind series. Like everyone is uh, descended into the clouds, you know, into the cloud <laughs> with their <laughs> iPhone. You know, like yeah. with the rapture and the coming, and I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna probably be a left behinder. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I think what Tim said about the internet etiquette goes way past beyond um, not taking so many selfies when you're 13 years old uh-huh. and risque in risque clothing. Um, you know, it goes way beyond that, and it has to really do, I think, with self control. You know, and and our participation in this in this huge wide world web of information. And or if you the want page to... internet etiquette does not exist. It's about to wow. on Wikipedia. Wikipedia does not have an article with that exact same name. See if that's a thing. It is. A, that is a thing. Okay. Yeah, it's not. Emily Post didn't write that one, but I'm pretty sure it exists. Netiquette. Nothing. Tim, do you spend time talking with people about technology on the show, or do or no, is it no, mostly just time. got really? That's cool. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. I mean, it's just I mean, it's it's, it's bound. I mean, it's there's it's it's, it's limitless now. Um, especially with Reddit, like Reddit's a weird world. I okay, it's up. it's here it is here it is etiquette and technology. I found it. This is it's uh, that they say it might require cleanup because it's not to its standards. Etiquette technology governs what conduct is socially acceptable in an online or digital situation. While etiquette is ingrained into culture, etiquette in technology is a fairly recent concept. The rules of etiquette that apply when communicating over the internet or social networks or devices are different from those applying when communicating in person or by audio. Tell athletes such as and a politicians telephone. that. Yeah, right? You know? Or video phone, such as Skype. It is a social code of network communication. It's weird. It's like the positive and the negative. These things keep evolving with the amount that technology evolves. Like when you first got your internet and you first got your Facebook, you had kids making uh, other kids kill themselves because they were doing like the worst things ever, just saying the meanest things to them. But then they got in trouble for that. And now the new bullying on the internet is getting offended by anything anyone says. Well, it's trolling. I think trolling is the new like. It's um. And it's much like religion. People use the Bible to support whatever fucking thing they want to support. You know, the uh, you know white supremacists use the Bible. Absolutely, um, they do. Other extremists uh, I, that I kind of want to mention, but I'm not sure if I know how to pronounce things right and do whatever, so I just won't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you can use the internet to back up anything you want, much like the Bible. 
um, you're not really sure who's giving you a lot of the information. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It could be, I mean, who knows? That's actually a great this. point. Yeah. Is you don't know the source of the information. In the same way, I look at people, like people that have really deep faith, and I'm like, where do you even get that? Yeah. What world do you live in that nope. that is, you know? And so that's a great point. Well, you know, it's like uh, my uncle David, um, he lived in a town called Paradise, uh, spelt like a pair of dice, Paradise. Uh, uh, it's kind of north of Chico. Oh, I was going to say Florida? No, Sounds and like Florida. Uh, he... Um, uh, had his wife Robbie and two daughters Renata and Julia and uh, you know they didn't they didn't have a whole ton of money and they didn't he was a carpenter really great guy and um, he basically kept these kids in a small town sheltered away from all this garbage and they have turned out to be just the most miraculous people and they have very deep faith but they never once have ever pushed it on me they have never huh. done anything it's like they're like the perfect people um, they're really great um and that's the only instance of that I've ever seen, like, religion that I was comfortable with. Oof. Because, like, you know, I eat dinner with them. Like, I don't, you know, bring up religion and start talking about it. But they start saying things and they'll be like, hey, will you say the prayer? And I'll just be like, you know, I'm not really comfortable saying a prayer, but I'd be happy to, like, list off some things I'm thankful for. Um, yeah. It's you know? huge to be able to, 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 to say your gratitudes. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a cheesy thing, but it's huge to be able to be thankful and then you get re I mean they respect that too uh, I mean I don't know if everybody would but like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and pretend to have faith you know at a dinner table with family right you know no, just, I'm but I'm not way. gonna be a dick about it either I'm kind know? of a dick about it well I haven't talked to my family in like well, five years but I'm just sitting there and how drunk they are but uh, uh, yeah I don't know uh, but I feel like they really knew their religion like, they really knew what they understood. They were very aware of it. They were very conscious people. Well, not were, but they are very conscious people. David passed away, but the rest of them are all fantastic ladies. Um, I was cool with the Jesuits. I was lucky to find the Jesuits at a weird time. Like, you know, I went to a Jesuit high school. What are the Jesuits? What makes them Jesuits? So the Jesuits are different from regular Catholics and regular Christians because of Vatican II, which is something that happened in the 50s and 60s. And basically the Jesuits... Um, they believe in science, uh, they believe in war, they believe in well-rounded people, they believe that you need to be a scholar as well as an athlete, they mm. believe uh, that women have their own rights and are respectable, they believe in scientific inquiry, and mm. so it was a completely different, like, what Vatican II did was the Jesuits, like, sent this document, they were like, hey, Vatican, what's happening? <clears throat> like, let's maybe not do our masses in Latin anymore, because a bunch of fucking people don't understand what's up. Like, yeah. don't you want to make your God accessible? Don't you want to make your teachings accessible? And it was the Jesuits that taught me the different way to look at the Bible. I had to, re you know, I mean, I had to learn it. Like, I grew up in a Catholic family, but it was the Jesuits that said, hey, did it ever occur to you that maybe Jesus, Mary, and Joseph were like, maybe they were fucking poor people. Maybe that's why nobody wanted them in their fucking hotels. It's not that there wasn't any room at the inn. It's that they weren't going to give gross. them any room. Well, they didn't well, want they a lady in a, birth They stayed in, in a barn. To an yeah. illegitimate child. Yeah. Well, I mean, the people at the hotel don't know that. But but they saw she was, I mean, I'm sure she was laying on a donkey like. But so when you come from, when I, when I was introduced to religion as um, uh, a way to uh, understand or deal with social justice issues. That's when I was like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. That's well, not so bad. Um, if you don't want to answer this, it's fine. But if, if, am I correct? Did you grow up with a military background? or? Yeah, my dad's. My dad was he's a retired Navy captain. Right, right, right. So is he, is he out there enjoying the Fleet Week? 
he loves it. Is it Fleetwood yeah, uh, this week? It. Is it? Yeah. Oh God! Yeah. If he's coming out, I can give him parking and. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell him he would yeah. love you forever. I, he pro- he know. I'm sure he knows who my tugboats are. But uh, oh shit! Oh, that's fine. I can talk. Oh about no, he totally on. knows about your tugboats. Oh, did we you did ask the, him? The, yeah, no, we did the Christmas thing. Remember? Oh yeah, okay, like, cool. Oh my God, Tim Pizzi, he's so awesome. He works <laughs> in a tugboat place. Oh, yeah. All, all the other podcasts, I don't talk about my work, but I'm okay with it on this one. Oh, okay, good. New technology and behaviors. I think that religion or you were getting to it's like you like people that are they're moralistic you don't necessarily have to be religious to be moral but a lot of people who have had a religious upbringing have a tendency to be more moral and it can make a good person you don't have to be religious to be moral or to have morals definitely but morals are really just patterns of behavior but like you were talking about this last week like uh that's why there's like the old testament and the new testament because they fucked religion up the first time around yeah. we're fucking the internet up, internet up I, I now know, what about the, what the about the new testernet the new testernet yeah the new testernet uh new technology and behaviors perhaps the biggest obstacle to communication in online settings is the lack of emotional cues facial cues dictate the mood and corresponding diction of two people in a conversation during phone conversations tone of voice communicates emotions of the person on the Obviously. other line yeah, my we're huge, evolving to emojis yeah right my huge complaint has always been that there's never been a font for sarcasm right to symbolize laughter the abbreviation lol standing for laughing out loud was developed yeah. along with these countless other symbols and abbreviations have developed including brb ttyl and sad face angry face emojis now i didn't know that what DTF was. And so when I was what teaching is, oh, down, down, to, down fuck, to fuck, okay. I didn't know that. And I had a student in college who had texted me about something and he's like, are you DTF? And I was like, what does that mean? And it was, you know, a kid and it's like, yeah, you know, it's like 22 or something. And it's like, Did you fuck him? no, no, no. Like, no, I'm flattered. <laughs> yeah. No. I was like, I was, I, but that I had to ask what that meant was like this. We shouldn't be doing this. I thought. look up acronyms all the time. I feel like acronyms are something that plague all kinds of technology. Like you look at cars, especially Acuras. You look at TSXs, LSXs, MXBX. I don't fucking know. It's like <laughs> these things, but the acronyms don't necessarily help us know anything about the product or the thing in front of us. Like DTF. I don't know. Right. Uh, Tim's, you're furrowing your brow, but like I do, I look up. I'm just up, going through all the acronyms. I, I do. Know. I look well, up, like I'm thinking of like like my music stuff that has weird acronyms, and I'm like, okay, I know what that. And one then is, you have yeah. to learn file extensions, car types. You have to learn uh, netiquette acronyms. It's like, come on, speak the fucking language. Language is another kind of technology. You can argue it's a virus, but it's another kind of technology. You know. I don't know. I mean, the internet is kind of still in its infant stages. I mean, how long's it been around? Twenty years. The internet. Yeah. Um, I remember, like let's see, when, when I was, um, the I first time, those punch cards. the pers- first time I used the internet was, um, it, my dad got this computer and it was experimental. He, like only a hundred people in Danville got them in like 1984 or something. We got this GTS weird, it, it was a Mac. I want to say it's like an Apple II or two E. It was a Mac and it, and it went, and when I talk in this one chat room, with people or whatever, it was like it took a minute. It was like you'd type something and it would put and it'd take a second and then they'd type something. It yeah, wasn't uh, like instantaneous. Was it black and white or green? And it black. was green and black. Okay, yeah, Hell it was yeah. Apple TGS. Um, yeah, we had one in my school too. That was like we just we had it at home because we were tester people. And then when I was in college in '92, it didn't really exist until the end. We didn't really use it. In '96, my. Uh, ex-husband we were still together and he went to davis and i was at uc san diego for one more year and we did 
uh, we tried to email back and forth. We tried to text. And it was like, you had to be like, okay, what time are you going to be there? And this is like 96, right? Dial up. And, and dial up. And in 97, when I was in teaching credential school, they were ta- talking about sort of like kids and technology and trying to use it in our classrooms. And, and it was like, it was weird and difficult. It still wasn't easy. It was like, what are we doing? I was like, can't we just read books? And that was in 97. That was so. a year. So 97 was a year I graduated from high school. And at that point, we had, thanks to the Jesuits and their money, we had a couple of computers in the library. Nonetheless, the only thing that we were expected to do was type our papers. And we, we were still using the, you know, AP uh, handbook standard to do the bibliographies for your fucking report. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, it was, I felt like, I felt like people our age are lucky enough to have the tail end of still needing the books, still needing the old kind of technology, still needing to know how to look things up, know how to find the right information, know how right. to sift through it, know how to find what's relevant. And these kids today, they don't have it. Well, you can sift With through the, the internet pretty easy. Yeah, it's too easy. It's too immediate. Well, and, you know, anything too easy isn't really that's why that's why they're not really learning because they're just sort of regurgitating i don't think that i don't think they're taking the information in and like and then letting it go through them and then applying it in ways i think it's more of just like you know i'm, I'm gonna call you out here pam for someone who's who denies technology as much as you do you're a fucking wizard on facebook no are you kidding you post more accurately and effectively than anyone i know well, it's but Facebook. Thank you, but Facebook's a dead medium, unfortunately. Yeah, it's dying out. It's, it's, it's just a, a um, it's a weird thing. I've got I actually divided Facebook into two groups. It took me a couple hours, but uh, I went through my whole entire friend list and uh, sectioned people off as comics and friends. <laughs> so I can. I only have com. I don't. I mean, I've like friends. Where I want to know where I fall in that, but we'll do that off air. You're in the. <laughs> you're in the friend. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh you and uh, Tom Bridgman. I kept Pam as a comic because I need to see all the comic stuff she does. Ah. Uh. So. Well, that way it keeps her posts up at the top and most relevant, right? If you put her on that side. Right. But I, I got it set so anytime Pam does anything, I get a notification. You get a little star. Oh, yeah, yeah Pam, you get a little, little technology uh, Yeah, star. I got to know what's happening at Muni. <laughs> well, it's because it's, it's the only, it's an easy platform. It was easy to learn, and I just, it's the only one I use. I don't do Instagram. I don't do Snapchat. I don't do Musical.ly. I don't do Blogspot. Insta- Instagram is turning into like my new safe place. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Yeah, there's no trolling. That's um, where I put my personal stuff. Yeah, you can't, you have to, you can't see the comics, uh, the comments automatically. Um, you have to click on them to look at them. Um, you know, you have to click comments and then you can read all the comments if you want to, and I don't. Um, and you can, you know, put like a minute video or a photo, and it's generally a pretty fucking happy place. It's like, how do you post a sad photo? Like, well, that's it. The images are so delightful that yeah. people come up with on Instagram. I, it makes me happier. It's like, it's like having another pet. It really is. Yeah. Like, Instagram, it, people post beautiful, especially if you're smart about who you follow. There's some amazing artists yeah. where you scroll through and you see 10 pictures like that. Tell me that doesn't improve your day. To yeah. me, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I get weird on there. Like, I go through and just see through the drags of, you know, Instagram to see how weird it can get. Um, uh, and I'm not necessarily looking for porn, although I am, but um, <laughs> uh, I just want to see w- how far these people can push the boundaries. And I have found some pretty weird stuff. But it's great. It's all very artistic. There's like a whole weird like toes community and toes. Yeah, there's like a plus size women thing going around. 
there's like uh, even I do the find. plus size. There's a comedian in the South Bay whose girlfriend does that, and she was like, "Oh my god, follow me, follow me!" And I was like, "Dude, one more person." I was like, "You already have like, you know, ten thousand five hundred followers." But it's like she's on my feed, and even the naked fat girls. I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah, that's a beautiful camera angle. Like, yeah. it, you know, it's <laughs> like it's wonderful. Um, so you guys, like, I'm not ever gonna get on Instagram because I don't have a I don't have a smartphone. I think that that's kind yeah, of the reason. Yeah, you can't use that on a desktop or a laptop. Yeah, it's computer. only a mobile. Yeah, it's only yeah, a mobile one. I'm never um, getting it. Another thing that phone. makes me wonder about the whole religion technology thing is the hashtag because, like, I've put out hashtags, you know, like two three years ago. Just like you know, I have this weird piece of gear and I put like hashtag, you know, core something whatever. And then um, now that piece of gear is getting popular. Oh. So I'm getting followers because I posted either like a link to like a soundbite or like a photo of it. Like this is my setup today. And like, so it's like vintage now, but it wasn't when I got it. And then like, uh, I, yeah, it's weird. So like a hashtag could be almost like, like it goes out there. I don't know where they go, what they do, but they're cross-referenced by every platform of the internet they are like, it is you can get them on the on the on the if you facebook even if you don't have an instagram and you put in your facebook post hashtags it'll go to instagram which is weird yeah i'm like oh, well, that instagram. has to do with like the omnipresent sort of ever connected idea of technology that we were talking about right right you know but i appreciate the hashtags i found a lot of cool things and also i'm able to categorize my own shit you know what i mean i can separate my comedy ads Hashtag it one thing versus like a personal like people do this for their weddings for example a ton of people go to a fucking wedding right there's yeah, hundred people uh, no, I or I set up that whole thing for my buddy's wedding yeah and so you pick one hashtag that's pretty unique yeah uh, the cutest one that I saw was for a Vietnamese couple that just got married and it was for the Nguyen so they did hashtag for the Nguyen yeah uh -huh. for the win yeah, yeah and that was their but that you know so everybody that posted a fucking picture of their wedding it was fantastic it was again now let's go back to the idea of an aggregate where we started, like the cool thing about the hashtag is that that's what that creates, another cultural experience that's an aggregate in the same way that the Bible is, in the same way that Bob Dylan's songs are, and in the same way that Shakespeare is. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it, it's cool. It's uh, like, I, and it's a funny way to prank people too. Like uh, I'll go, you know, they're like, you know, the young yoga moms that leave like 45 hashtags on an Instagram post of like the, their butt. Of like yeah, they're the dicks, and by the way. I'll, they'll be like 45 hashtags. So I'll go and I'll like Google like the top 45 fitness hashtags. And, um, you know, I, I copy them and I paste them in the photo. But the photo is a picture of like a two liter bottle of Mountain Dew and like a whole pile of White Castle hamburgers. Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> diet Mountain Dew and a bunch yeah, of Not White even Castle. Diet Mountain no, Dew. Just, just straight up like fucking Code Red. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it's you know and that they think that's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's funny you can play around with it. You can get creative with this stuff too if you think about it, right? Because like if you, you know, you, I mean, you can also be a total dick. But uh, this is the thing. I, I don't want a smartphone. Like, can't we get back to a place where there's less technology? Is that ever gonna happen? Are we ever gonna? Once the millennials die, once or or die or evolve. Well, uh, that, that kind of leads back to that quote I was saying. Maybe technology will get so good that it'll feel like it's doing nothing at all. Oh, the bender effect. You know, like, uh, yeah, like, because, you know, it's like you can get all these, uh, they're called PHPs, um, and they do things for you. Um, what does PHP stand for? I don't know. Good. But um, it's another a acronym, another goddamn it's a, it's acronym. A, it's basically writing an algorithm that searches the internet at whatever time interval that you want for whatever you want. So, like, um, I have cool. a list that I have to check at work. 
Um, they change this list like every four minutes, and sometimes the list fucks you up because they give you the wrong information. You set up the everything, but you set up everything for the job, and the job goes wrong, and then you look at the list, and it's changed, and everything's right like last minute. Oh. Um, so I uh, had a buddy write me a PHP script that every time they updated that list, it copied it into a PDF, put it into a folder for me. So I can go back and be like, no, 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 no. This is the information you gave me. God, that's so fucking smart. Yeah, no, it's um. And my boss was like, I was like, yo, I need, I was like, a li- I need a little bit of money to do this. You know, it's less than a hundred dollars for two years, and I know you think it's dumb, but you're gonna thank me for it later. And he's just like, all right, fine. So um, and now uh. I've got companies all over the Bay calling me and asking me for access to it. Wow. Yeah. Are you going to sell it? Um, I'm thinking about it. You should sell it. Uh, you should license it. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if you can because it's PHP. I think ah. somebody owns PHP, so I don't know. I was looking into licensing, to finding a way. I wanted to be able to take credit for like making the first hashtag, hashtag of something. Like maybe make it like an ID3 thing. Like when you put a song into an MP3, you can put like, you know, you uh, the author, kind of the name, yeah. the album, the year. All the information. It's like, why can't they do that to a hashtag? Probably because it's only characters. It's not a physical thing. But that would be neat. Sort of again, like God. Yeah. Not a physical thing. Not a physical thing. Yeah. So we've learned a lot today that God is synonymous with technology. I don't <laughs> like technology nor all God. So it's <laughs> so there it is. So there so it is. So I'm screwed. That's tiny. Uh, I just don't. I just no, Pam, I, I appreciate me. the life without the iPhone, actually. I just can't. I know that if I had one, I'd be constantly on it, and then I just I don't want to have to be that netiquette person. That I had to get an app to shut me down from other apps. <laughs> That's like when I text you, like, "Yo, I am shutting myself off from the internet for the next three days." Like, you have to text me. It's the app. Dude, I yeah. believe that done. though. Like, I had an issue with Twitter. Like, Facebook, I only use. You know, Tim was saying Instagram's my safe place. Totally agree. That's what I use it for personal stuff. Facebook, I just do comedy stuff. And then the fucking Twitter, man. Like, I set up a separate thing for like a radio thing I was doing. Right. I set up a different. It's you know a different persona. Sure. I have four. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. And every time, Tim. Every time I stopped the notifications, but every time I got a fucking notification, I would look. Yeah. Like and like it was like a it was my fucking drug. Twitter. Oh, I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate. I Facebook more than anything in the fucking world, and I am on that more than anything. Really? Yeah, yeah. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I can't be that person and and like tied to the to the notifications. Nobody. Who cares if three more people liked it? Who cares if fucking? I mean, Tim's got twelve point five thousand followers. 7. Wow. Seventeen. Yeah. My mistake. On what? On Twitter. Twitter. Wow. He's huge. Because yeah. he uses a Reddit. He's huge. You pass out these podcasts on there? Uh, Probably not. Copy paste. Yeah. My guess is no. You should copy paste those podcasts and tweet them out. But I mean, for we gotta get some the... more. We only have like 24 likes on some call me Tim. I, I, what I need to do is get you a Twitter account. No, well, I can't I mean, do, it do it from it my the, phone. No, you do it right there. It oh, will be okay. the best. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it for you after the show. Um, when we're when we're playing the music. Um, uh, I'll set you up. A, I'll set. A, I'll set up a mutiny Twitter account. And you just put in the next tab over, and all you just do. You got 140 characters. It's easy. No, no, no. Easy. I think this is what happens. Here's what's happening, you guys. Tim is Tim is proselytizing right now. He is taking <laughs> his religion and pushing it on you, yeah. right? We've already done. You're being you know, baptized. The, the, yeah. So they called it. But that's the the name of the show. When you look it up on Facebook, is Moog Religion. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, that's cool. Dude, Moogie Blues just <laughs> warmed my heart. Moogie, so much. Moogie Blues. I was being is it trying be a to new be one funny. Every week? Anyway, I am. I'm just trying to be silly with it. This week's uh, was hour two brings pervert fervor, fervor and the Moogie Blues ones and twos beepity boops for me and you. So I was trying to like. <laughs> yeah. 
make it a little poem-esque sort of yeah, thing. It was, it was gorgeous. Oh, I was parking the car and I was reading that. Like, I parking a car and reading. Wow. Were you and in a self-driving Facebook? car? Is that no, right? no, no. I am not in the There's another argument for that. Yeah. I really need to find out if I can, if, if you have a self-driving car, if it then negates you from technology. a DUI. I think we should all go test drive one of those Teslas. I, self-driving I ones. I don't, do I don't have a license. I do. I'm not they, allowed to drive a car. It's self-driving. What's that's the true. difference? No, that's a good point. If it's like, a self-driving car, can a baby drive a car? Yeah. Do you let your seven-year-old drive themselves to school now no, because it's a self-driving car? drive the car, Pam. T-Rex can drive the car. Okay. So, you know, we're evolved. Technology is evolving. I mean, that means that a seven-year-old, that means if you have a self-driving car, can your seven-year-old just get in your car and drive it? Can your seven-year-old be drunk and get in the car? That's a good question. There's problems with this. I read this really weird article about um, this African-American family that uh, the mother and father were, you know, on opposite coasts. And um, they brought this kid to, like, Southwest Airlines, like, flying class country or something. And they fucked up his flight. The airline fucked up his flight. And then they brought the father a different African-American kid. No! Yeah, like they basically swapped two kids. No! Yeah. Well, they all look alike. How stupid is that? I think I white mean, people, I think we look all alike. Yeah. How dumb. Yeah, well, I think there's like 27 white people looks. And I keep mistaking, I keep seeing people on the bus and being like, it looks like Timothy Best and Timothy Peason. But you have, you have a specific, like, you're one of the 27 looks. Yeah, you I got the I mean? lumberjack look going right now. Yeah. Um... But yeah, no, I like I, I try to think about that stuff. Like I get irritated um, when people, you know, talk about race online. Um, not because I have issues with race. It's just like I don't. Um, I'm trying to write, find the right way to say this without causing an uproar. But uh, there's lots of, um, you know, white people ruin this. White people ruin that. Red people ruin. And they're is probably they're race, probably right. Race baiting is the term that I found. Oh, I gotta look into that. Okay, so my thing is, is like, I don't, I don't care. They're probably right. You know, I could say the same things about any other race. I could, you know, just, you know, do this, do that. Um, but it's not helping. Like people want race and this and that, but you can't help race by starting out your post on fucking Facebook with like, white people ruin this. The world needs to be better. You know, like, that's like, it's not necessarily racist. It's just not helpful. Yeah, it's just like if everybody just started calling people people, if they just said, hey, people are ruining this and this is how, you know, and like logically explained like why we fucked up dance music or something. <laughs> EDM. Um, you mean EDM? Yeah. 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 EDM <laughs> sounds like such an angry shit. That's what it sounds like. Some yeah, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like everybody like chilled the fuck out and just like looked at each other like equals because it's getting to the point where it's just like, I mean, the, infin- the information's so connected. I mean, we're not that different anymore, especially in San Francisco. Um, Especially here. Yeah, I mean, it's like everybody's sort of got to be on somewhat of the same class level. So you got your upper rich elite, of course, but like the majority of us are kind of all in the same boat. You know, it's like we're really, we're all in the same place. We're all breathing the same fucking air. You know, we're making relatively the same amount of money um, in the crowds that we hang out with. And it's like, it's like, what is the fucking point of getting into it about people's mannerisms that they grow up with? It's like, I, I think a lot of it is just, it's that race baiting thing. It's, I have something bait. to say. I have something to say. I'm going to say, I, th- I think that like, for example, Brandon Stokes race baits. Wait, can I, oh, yeah. oh, wait, wait, I was going to mention it. Oh, okay. Just for like to clear the definition, as far as I understand race baiting, it's when you, um, just what you were saying, when you call, uh, specifically people are talking about race baiting in terms of pitting whites against blacks right now, especially when we talk about the Black Lives Matter movement versus the All Lives Matter movement. No Lives Matter. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much that's right. 
That's right. The universe <laughs> would agree with you, Tim. Yeah. We don't fucking matter. Yeah. We're an accident of mathematics. We yeah, were bound to happen yeah. based on the amount of carbon that's in the fucking universe. Get over yourselves. Yeah. The world doesn't I give mean, a shit about you. That's right. Yeah. Only people do. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So when we're talking about race baiting, it's when we're pitting one against the other to create a larger issue so that, so that we can't see, as you were saying, the interconnectivity of knowledge. So that we can't see the intersections in our social lives. So that we focus on the differences rather than on what makes us powerful, which is unity. Ah. That's what race baiting does, and that's what race baiting is. So weird, man. It's like, it's so unnecessary, but it's like, I, I get it because I grew up in a suburban town. To Pam grew up there. You grew up in Danville. Danville. I grew up with a lot of very racist people. I don't know if you did, but people, I mean. There were four black kids at our high school. I don't think I heard, we had an opportunity the, to be racist. I the, the <laughs> F word, faggot word a lot. I heard the N word a ton, and it was the thrown around like it was eeny meeny miny nup mo catch up by his toe you know or whatever and it was like normal and then like i could hear you know like my my father you know saying things with his friends and that's how he grew up as a generational thing i mean it's not right but it's like i noticed that every man his age kind of makes the jokes i mean they're not i mean they're mean but they're not they're sort of harmless my dad doesn't have a problem with black people he just didn't like mexicans he calls them the the root of when it's Hispanics and you take that root and you call him a spick. I hate that. My dad used to call him that. Dude, my dad little. lives. My dad is worse than Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino with Asian <laughs> no, people. This is how my dad is. With like, Asian people. With Asian Isn't that people. funny that each one of our Terrible. family said it? Your family didn't like the black people. Mine didn't like the. So, well, I think it's geographical. Asians. Is it geographic? Because my dad, you know, we're here. Like his fam. My dad's family is from Alameda, but he was born and raised in the city. And so, you know, white people, especially in the Sunset District, we weren't a majority. It was always Asian people. People. Okay, so wait, tell me if this is normal. Okay, so when I first got into comedy, it was the first time I was really around a lot of diverse people. And I've been around diverse people. I worked with them and stuff. But it was the first time I was hanging out with these people, and they were actually my friends. And I started to get nervous around these people because in my mind, I would hear what my dad would be saying. Huh, yeah. And I was afraid that I was going to like get drunk and just say something. Like There was something like horrible in my body that made me just want to say like a bad racist word not because i felt it or feel that way but just because it's so wrong and it would like fuck up this cool thing i had going on it was building up this anxiety in me and i was hearing this monologue of like my dad and his friends just constantly ringing in my head but once i became aware of it eventually went away but uh, is that just totally bizarre or is that no i i wrote a play when i was a sophomore in college and it was about the five moms that lived in my head because i was and it's a it was a play about dating a black guy and there were these, she wanted to date this black guy and she's kind of in it. They try to have this relationship and it's not really working. And, and it's because of these five mothers that live in her head that keep saying like the five, it's, it was basically, they represented the five like parts of your psyche, like the, the, id, yeah, the, the super, ego, id, the super ego, ego yeah. all that stuff. And so, and they were all very different and what they were the constantly two? on I was stage. Say, like, I don't know the other two either. Thanks for um, saying that. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I go talk about, id, but that's just, me. I think it's talk about in and out id ego. Super, super ego. ego. Oh, there's two others. My mom would add Schadenfreude. It's not part of the mind, but she would make it one. Uh, I love the concepts and definition of Schadenfreude, but I hate when people use that word. Not like not, not now, but like when somebody's like, oh, it's so Schadenfreude. Oh, no, it's just my mom. Anytime I think of her, it's like a, it really is. It's like a Pavlovian response I have, like mom. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she wants everybody to be hurt. Uh. So it's just. Yeah. Now, they're saying that there really is only three, id, ego, and super ego, and they all emerge about age five. 
That's too soon. There are two parts of the super ego. Uh, let's see what they say. This is all this is all Freudian stuff. But no, I wrote this. I, I got credits for it um, in college because I wrote this play about this thing. And uh, and they so there's the id, the ego, the super ego. Is it and it says the ego ideal and the conscious are the parts of the super ego. What's the id do? The id's like your like. The id is the only component of personality that is present from birth. This aspect of personality is entirely unconscious and includes the instinctive and primitive behaviors. According to Freud, oh, it's like your lizard brain. the id is the source of all psychic energy, making the primary component of personality. I would hate to think that the primary component of my personality is something um, that wrote or something that given, like the lizard brain. That, that, I mean, I would hate to think that the poetry in my heart and the songs that I love and the tears from my eyes come from such a fucking base and stupid place. Well, it's, it's okay, so this makes sense. The it is driven by the pleasure principle, which strives for immediate gratification of all desires, wants, and needs. If these needs are not satisfied immediately, the result is a state of anxiety or tension. So it makes sense. You're a baby. I want food, but you can't express you want food. You want food. You cry, you scream, you get the food. Hey, hey. And that's when you start to learn, right? Hey, if I scream, I get the food. Or if you don't scream and you get food, then you have a totally different situation about food. Do you know, like, so... Right. No, that reminds me of Maslow. I think it's Maslow's or Maslow's Triangle of Needs. This is, like, another, like, psych kind of like 101 or 201 kind of thing. But, like, again, about your needs being met. Now, the coolest thing is that... um, Maslow, I want to say it's M-A-Z-L-O-W. He is from Palo Alto. His, both of his parents were psychoanalysts, and his parents who came up with, or his dad specifically, who came up with this idea about the triangle needs, well... Um, Illuminati. One, you probably. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and the kid, the son, uh, ended up committing suicide. Oh, wow. This is... I've heard a lot of people say this, like, in comedy, and I've never heard... I wonder if it's there's, like, a psychological study on this, but have you ever heard people say that stupid people fuck well? No, but that sounds... I Maybe. I've definitely... And, like, th- if I'm counting, I'm, like, thinking about it, and I'm like, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because like, they're more in tune with their instinctual urges, and they're not uh, judging themselves for people... Or for things that people may think are like lewd or God, that um, explains why I never wanted to like stick with the best fuck I ever had. Because he was a vapid as a pit of starfish. Yeah, and like emotionally <laughs> abusive and ter- yeah, yeah, terribly dumb. Yeah, yeah. fantastic, but yeah. like amazing. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Vapid as a pit. Well, we didn't even talk about sex on the show today. Me stupid. Well, fuck I mean, well. I guess. Yeah. yeah, there you go. We finally brought it up. Yeah. Uh, put that on your Tinder profile, I think, <laughs> and let's just see like what results we should do. Like one Tinder profile with. With like smart Tim, yeah. like who you exactly are, and then one Tinder profile with dumb Tim. And this all makes <laughs> sense. Technology and relationships are now technology is God because Just how many swipe. people date? How many people are dependent upon the internet? Well, upon the internet technology, has countless times. upon technology in order to have relationships with other human beings, and it's so weird that we use. And I guess God is the same way. People go to church to meet. My mom used to say that. Well. Pamela, why don't you go put on a silk suit and cover up those disgusting tattoos and go to church and find some nice over 30 non-married Yeah, go kids, to church, find dude. some dick. Right. Yeah. Fi- go to church, find some dick. Well, it kind of echoes in the church, like when it's really, like, I'm just saying the pews are not, unco- they're not comfortable, they're hardwood. Right. You know, at least they have the kneelers. Yeah, at absolutely. Least you can... Well, I don't think she wants me to have sex in church. The problem, yeah, but the problem Roger is that. I smoked too much pot in the bathroom and they got upset with me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but people used to use religion in order to find a mate and now we use technology 
right. You used okay. to go to church, like back in the 1900s or whatever. How did you meet somebody? You went to the barn date, barn raising, or you went to the church social? Yeah. Okay. The, you went the, to the, the church the, picnic. The similarities are getting weirder. The similarities in technology is gone. But, they, but they've, they've melded because now we have technology and Christian mingle. Now we have technology <laughs> and meet your Muslim. And when, now yeah. we have, I mean, it's Christian mingle is so terrible. Have it, you? Do you know? Well, no. They keep trying to advertise for me. I I don't know why. I think it's because I say like fuck God and Jesus sucks and all the kinds of things like this on the show. They on my sidebar ads. There's always like the two things that always show up are bullet bourbon delivered to your door for 19.99 and Christian mingle. And I'm like, you guys are looking at my Facebook feed and this is what you think I need. Oh, wow. That's funny. Mine's like mine's like cat stuff and like adult acne remedies. Like that's what I get. That's what I get. <laughs> Tim, what's mine's on your sidebar? Mine's like synthesizers <laughs> and babysitting. Yeah. Oh, it's probably the babysitting porn I watch. It's oh <laughs> Brought to you by technology. Yeah. <laughs> but relationships and technology. You you do you have you done relationships and technology, Shelly? No. no, I've never internet never, dated either. No. no. That's the only way I like for to me. meet like, people. Oh, yeah. I love to meet people. In because person. it's so it is it's so <laughs> awkward and it's so terrifying and it's like part part of my bar for friendship or relationships is like can you confront me in the real world like can you just be here with me for a second because yeah. if so dude i'm on board and if not forget about it well the cool thing about that is like because like if you're trying to meet people in a bar situation for guys there's all, there's often a lot of competition and it's like i refuse to compete like I, I, oh, the bar is so, shitty though the bar is tough yeah but i mean i can't i don't I used to be able to like walk up to a girl in a bookstore and try to start talking to her, or something. Um, but uh, I feel like with but all the bookstores have closed because now we download everything from Kindle. Yeah, because right. all so of our information—it's it's technology. It's technology. It all comes back. Yeah, to it. that's so um, funny. And the, the other thing that technology is fucking up is like. My whole game used to be like, hey, do you know what band's playing right now? You know, like at the show. Oh, and now you yeah, can just look it up like, on your... Why do you fucking Google it? Yeah, you know, like... Yeah. Uh, I still ask an attractive man if he has the time. Yeah. I will. I'll totally ask yeah, him but just he to engage. He doesn't care, but like if I did it to a girl, it's a whole different thing. She's just like, what, what idiot? I don't know. Yeah. You're pretty cute. You can probably... <laughs> people <laughs> people talk to me on the bus that. all the time, but they're, they're usually, they usually have mental deficits. The guy that talked to me yesterday, and he wouldn't stop. I'm like reading my book. I'm obviously reading my enormous book. And he came on with a dog, and then he wanted to talk to me for a long time because my dog's name is Rex. I'm like, that's great. Hi, Rex. And I pet Was Rex. it T-Rex? No, it wasn't. I should have given him my T-Rex theory. That would have freaked him out. But he had like, he had like mental deficiencies. And so I was trying to be kind by not, I was trying to like engage him a little, but I was like, I don't want to have a full blown conversation with you, bro. I didn't know how to say that. I should have texted it to him. (laughs) Can I have your number so I can text something to you? Leave me alone. (laughs) I'm reading my book. All right. Oh, look, I was telling uh, Shelly this out on the curb. I had the weirdest fucking text interaction on the way here. Um, so Saturday night, I was out with my friend and his girlfriend and her friend. And me and her friend, we didn't, like, hit it off or anything, but we were getting along. Um, and but she so was, we're meeting people in, people in real time. Yeah, this is real time. Real time. Real time. Real time. Real time. And she's with this dude, and the dude's clearly, like, interrupting me every time she wants to talk. And... She's clearly uncomfortable with the dude. And then at the end of the night, I was like, let's take school and ask her for her number. So I got her number. She's happy. Uh, so I text her today, um, and I'm with my buddy on our lunch break. Uh, I text her today, and I'm like, hey, uh, you want to walk dogs this Saturday early afternoon? I got like a couple hours for you. She's like, oh, she texts me back. She's like, oh, no, I can't. Um, how about Sunday afternoon? I'm like, oh, I'm working, blah, 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 blah. 
And then I get a text from my friend that I was just with, and he's like, yo, um, allegedly she's got a boyfriend, so you might want not want to text her. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I haven't heard anything back from her because I want to be polite. Like, I didn't want to, like, say that, oh, I'm texting with her right now. That's not the case. And he's like, oh, well, he's like, well, as a matter of fact, he's like, well, then why is my girlfriend texting me saying that she's telling me to tell her to tell you that? Whoa. Yeah. That's the chain there. Yeah. Four people. I went through four people and she could have just not responded or like said, hey, you know, I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I I thought it was cool. I just want to let you know I got a boyfriend. Or not even that. Yeah. Just be like, hey, it's complicated. It's going to get messy. Let's go walk dogs anyway. Yeah. How about that? Right. Like, how about yeah. the real Well, why not walk at, I mean. So I was just texting back. I was like, tell her she's then. a creep. Can you walk know. dogs without fucking? Like, you can't get in trouble for just walking dogs with somebody, I will right? walk dogs with anybody. Uh, well, don't I, tell I don't, her that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> care. That's not the point. The, the point was, is that, like, she had to talk to her friend and have him call me and then... She went through four people, including herself, to get to me. So technology. While she was texting me and acting normal. Technology is the wow. interloper here. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. When technology makes our lives more complicated rather than simplifying, right. I think that's where you need to check yourself and and just be like, dude, am I am I better off with with a flip phone? <laughs> am I? Because that could be the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, I had to. I used to have um, a phone. Well, I have one with a camera again, but. Back in the day, I had to get a phone without a camera because I started having problems uh, taking pictures of myself on the potty. I, it's one of the. You I mean f- you did it excessively? I did. I had an excessive problem. You were shit. Here, there's here's one of them. Um, from now, when I was. This is amazing to do on the radio, actually. So we I, benefit from this, but you guys don't. I uh, used to have this problem when I lived in San Diego toward like the last year of my marriage, where I got all these friends that were on MySpace that lived in Pennsylvania and they were really into taking pictures of themselves on the potty. They were like tattooed, cruel, weird girls, like biker girls in Pennsylvania. And we became friends and so we just put these posts like so every time I'd go into a bathroom, it became a thing with my friend Megan and I too. So both of us, we'd take pictures in the bathroom, we take pictures of each other, we take pictures. Hmm? She from Danville too? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, she Tim was from Sacramento. Really excited. He's I like, know yeah, Megan but, from Danville. Can I- uh, we used to take these pictures, so it became such a problem that when I moved to the city, uh, my phone broke, and I made sure that my new phone didn't have a camera, so that I wouldn't take pictures of myself on the potty. Well, and that's then exactly I exactly what Tim was saying about the app stopper. Yeah, freedom. 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 Yeah, same the app. Uh, and then I stopped taking pictures of myself, and now it's not a problem anymore. I don't ever take pictures of myself on the potty. So I have a problem with other people taking pictures of me on the potty. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. When I'm wasted. Like, it's a funny thing because I'll, you know, I'll be dressed nice, but then disheveled and like a disaster. Like, as soon as you step into the bathroom. That's my like, favorite look. Right? It's like the a nice dress with just like sex hair. Crumpled and, like... and fucked. And no, I definitely have like potty pictures, but other people have taken them. Like, I thought about doing just a triptych of my favorite three just to be like... There it is in all its glory. And I think, you know, the, the, the photograph thing is interesting because it's like you feel the need to check yourself if you're doing it yourself, doing selfies on the on the turlet. And I don't feel the need to check somebody else because they think they see a better picture in me on the turlet. So it's like I won't check somebody doing it, but you'll check yourself doing it. Like yeah. where has technology... This is a pretty badass selfie, though. I got to say, you guys, this was a selfie that was taken before I moved here. This is in a San Diego bar called uh, Hamilton, Hammy on the Deuce, Hamilton's. And we used to go to there on Tuesdays, and we called it Hammy on the Deuce. Anyways, 
Uh, That's a double entendre for your toilet picture, right? Absolutely. Okay. And so I took that in, when did I move it? 2007? 2000. Six, maybe even. So I was doing selfies before selfies were a thing. Nice. I think. I got. Uh, it's good I one. got banned. I got a photo banned from Facebook because uh, I was. Uh, I had my shoes off and uh, my feet are fucked up, man. I've had like surgeries all over them, so like my heels are just like wrinkled and weird looking. Um, and I took this photo of like something that was on the floor and I had my foot up in my lap or like something, and like just the heel of my foot got into the picture and it looked like a ball sack <laughs> so people thought that i had posted a picture of a weird ball sack online like i got a couple phone calls they're like yeah yeah i think uh, your balls actually accidentally got into a picture but that means no. your ball sack would be like down where down past your mid thigh is that right yeah but i think it was doing like a weird kind of i was like just thing. gonna say i mean people that was they they have um generous expectations yeah of how large your balls might be. Maybe. That's sweet. They took yeah. it off of the Facebook. It's like that thing that Sarah Silverman did when she made him do something with his mouth and then posted it and it looked like her vagina. Oh, yeah, and then uh, the, the other one is... Uh, Chelsea Handler. You do your fingers like this and it looks like a butt and you take a picture and it looks like a, a butt and put somebody's head <laughs> in between the legs. I can't remember how to do it. Paul Rudd started it. Um, it's good for something. Uh, yeah. we, we are gonna uh, let Shelly close it down and then we're gonna get to the Migi Moogs ones and twos with Pervert Fervor. What's uh, your last uh, last thing you wanna let everybody know? When are you performing next? Uh, you do the, I told everybody at the beginning when you guys are outside that you run a great podcast called The Decompression Hour. Thank you, yeah. And they can find that on iTunes as well as on your website. That's fake. It's not on iTunes yet because oh. we're only at episode number eight. Once oh, okay. we get to 10, we're gonna go to iTunes and do that. Cool. Um, but it's pretty simple. It's just go to decompressionhour.com. It's just fun. It's just an hour long. We did it just an hour. We usually have a special guest, but the idea is we just wanna keep you company on your commute. We just wanna keep you company on those lazy Sunday afternoons. Um, my parting thought, I think, is guys, learn to think for yourself. Pick up some fucking books. <laughs> know that it's okay to change your mind. Don't subscribe to religion or anything that wants you to believe one thing because all, I, all we can be sure about this universe is that it's uncertain and that there's power in change as shitty and as uncomfortable as it is. Let's get with it. All right. Shelly Strabo! Yay! Are you good? Uh, I don't know which one I uh, three. It's all good. It's all okay, good. Cool. Just double click. Um, Pervert Fervor on iTunes podcast. Check me out. I can't hear this is uh, this has been some call me Tim, and Tim? we'll be back next week. I don't even know who's on next week. I don't remember. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll check it out. We have bookings all the way through November 16th, but after that, we are open. So if you I, like this show and you want to be interviewed, and if you're out there and you're a comedian and you're not a comedian and you've got some serious beliefs in something, uh, hit us up. Believe in anything. Yay. Okay, enjoy. Believe in Pervert Fervor. Uh, enjoy it. Thanks again, Shelly Strabel. Hey, bye.